Hi everyone, welcome to episode 41 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to an Inside View podcast, we really appreciate it if you could go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast, it means a huge amount to us. Please do click subscribe um, or follow, depending on the, the podcast platform you're listening to this on. Uh, any interaction you may have, please do tag us on social media. And I just would like to take this opportunity to give a special thanks to our two sponsors, GRG Sports and Vintry Harbour Asset Management Company. Uh, without you guys, this wouldn't be possible, and we're extremely grateful for the continued support that you've shown us over the last couple of months. If you have any interest in getting in contact with either GRG Sports or Vintry Harbour Asset Management, please do uh, get in contact with us here on the show, and we'd be more than happy to make that introduction for you. It is now time to bring on this week's guest and we're delighted to be joined by former Kerry GA star Duncan Walsh. The Cremon man made his league debut in 2003 against the Dubs in Killarney. It was a special day not only for Walsh but also for his club Cremon. On this day his club mate Sean O'Sullivan also partnered him on the 40. Walsh was a highly respected player during his glittering career in the green and gold. The 2015 All-Star had a difficult start to his career, however. After his league debut, he didn't make his championship debut until 2008. Walsh won three All-Irelands, eight Munster senior titles and two Allianz National Football League titles during his career with Kerry. There is no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so we're very much looking forward to, to bring Dunnock on. Hi Donica, welcome to the Inside View podcast. How are you keeping during these challenging times? Very good, Jamie. Um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's obviously difficult times for everybody, but we're all we're all battling away in our own in our own little challenge against COVID nineteen. Um, we're well used to it now. It's coming up to about a year since uh, since we first heard about this thing or it first came into our lives for real. So. Um, we all, yeah, we all kind of take it in. We have our own battle, as I said, and some days are good and some days are bad, but uh, there's nobody winning in this in this thing. Like, um, we're just doing as best we can. There's no kind of winners or losers. It's, it's uh, yeah, just playing it day by day, really. We can't, we're, we're not looking too far into the future anyway, any of us, I'd say. No, you can't. Otherwise, you know, the level of uncertainty that's there and the... The sound bites are changing constantly every day, um, so it's it's definitely quite a challenging time. You know, but before we delve into it, I, I know you retired there in in eighteen, but in a way, are you kind of glad you retired in and you weren't, you know, waiting another year during this pandemic? Do you ever yeah. think of it like that? Yeah, at all. Uh, like I, I, I just I actually saw Peter Keane coming against me in the car there one morning as I was going to work, and I was like that. Must be so tough for for intercounty management at the moment, like to to be dealing with everything that they are dealing with, and the players in as well. Like we know what the players sacrifice for uh, playing with their counties, and even now it's or for the last year it's been even more so. They've um, you know training and they're the big the big benefit of of playing for intercounty is that you get those big days in front of the big crowds and that buzz of whether it be Fitzgerald Stadium or Porky Cueve or, or, or Croke Park, that, that's why you play. And then the fun afterwards, you know, in the dressing room, all of that camaraderie. Um, and 
they're they just they're not getting that obviously they're they're getting it in different ways like the people are reaching out to them probably more on on uh over the internet and things like that but it's it's not the same so uh i just feel feel that yes i don't particularly miss it this year obviously in 2019 when McCary got to the got to the final and the finals were such brilliant games like i was uh i was it was killing me inside like to 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 not be involved but obviously i was just delighted that we had such brilliant games of football between Kerry and Dublin but uh, then last year and, and obviously what the, the way this year is shaping up as well I'm, I'm, I'm not really missing it that, that much and I, I just feel sorry for the lads um, like I, I had been involved with as a physio with, with, with Wexford there last season and obviously Paul Galvin was involved down there and I saw what you know and from the inside what, what management had to go through to try to keep fellas physically tuned in mentally tuned in and um so it, it was i i I've, you know i feel sorry for any kind of management and that goes right that back down to club um you know it's so hard to keep fellas going like even with Cremon here as well like last year it was grand for the first few weeks or months when you're yeah, Zoom sessions, okay, it's new, it's different, and and everyone's kind of buying into it, but they kind of run their course then, like, and it's uh, this time of the year now, it, it's it's hard to know, um, especially when we don't have a, a kind of a plan or or a, a date for when we when we look like we're going back. So, yeah, just to answer your question, it's not missing intercounty football too much th- these days. And you're, you're, you're uh, touching it there that you were with um, Paul Galvin last year. Were you, you know, obviously you've been in, in the county dressing rooms all your life, um, high performance dressing rooms. Did you, did it open your eyes, that experience, kind of, you know, not preparing yourself to go out on the pitch playing, but you're effectively preparing players to go out on the pitch playing, you know, you're, roles were kind of reversed. Did you see see things from a different perspective? Absolutely, yeah. Like, um, I I didn't foresee myself getting involved in any intercounty team, not for not for a long while. Um, and then just the opportunity came up with Wexford. I was obviously living in Dublin, and the commute to Wexford is is doable there during the week or at weekends. And um, do you know when you're a backroom staff, like you, you your work is done way before any match. Do you know it could be done on the the Tuesday, and the Thursday, or the Monday, and the Wednesday all like from a physio point of view you're preparing the players and once match day comes then they're there you've got them there you can slightly relax a bit like and I actually found that I loved the Sunday of a, of a game do you know whether it was a National League game or the few championship games that we, we played or the one championship game we played you actually enjoyed the game I loved driving down to Wexford uh, for the games because your work was done as a, as a backroom staff member you could just go and enjoy the lads playing and putting in what they've been doing in the gym and on the training field and expressing themselves in the day. Now, obviously, you still had a bit of work to do. You had to look after the, the few knocks or whatever that happened on the day. And But uh, it was a far cry from that nervousness, you know, that I would have had for the day or a couple of days before a game or the, that feeling of the day of a match as well. Um, it was a lot more enjoyable. And... I, I kind of once I got that bug, then I'm kind of like Jesus. I actually, 
I was like, I was, I was silly not to want to get back involved in, in a team straight away. Um, and it's kind of opened my eyes up a bit to maybe get involved with more teams sooner now. Um, you know, once, once obviously logistics uh, allow. So it was, yeah, a, a big flip around there, Jamie, that um, I was able to kind of like, often you, you feel like that you're doing all your work in, as a player now you, that you, you need to do all your work at training and in the gym. But really, if you don't bring all that work to match day, all the work that you did was, was for nothing. Do you know, it, it can be, it, you can, if, if you don't perform on the day, it's, it's almost lost work. Um, so that brings that extra bit of uh, nervousness or that kind of, uh, you need to bring it on the day, which as a physio or a manager, the workload is kind of spread out more uh, in preparation for, for, for games or for league campaigns or for championship campaigns. So it was, it was, uh, it was nice for me to kind of realise that pretty quickly um, after, after retiring. You touched on there that, that nervousness coming up to, to games um, and, you know, a lot of athletes that I have had, had on the podcast over the last couple of weeks, months actually, they all kind of touched on that, um, the nervousness, I suppose, the uncertainty. Um, was it a good nervous or a bad nervous? You know, did you feel it was draining you, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd say I probably didn't. Um, I didn't use it as best as I could. You know, you're you're always wiser after after it. And when you'd reflect on your um, on your career, as I've started to do, obviously since retiring, um, I, I used to get very nervous. All right, and yes, I completely accept that that was a good thing. Um, uh, but I remember at the start of my my career that would carry I wouldn't even want to think about what, what would happen after the game you know you just think uh, I wouldn't want to think whether win lose or draw I wouldn't want to plan my let's say my Monday or whatever just because I, I left it completely up to what happened on the day of the game if we won we were going to be celebrating maybe on the Sunday or the Monday if we lost we were just going to be going home and, and not doing anything or something but um as I got a bit more, as I got a bit older, I realized that no, you, you, life goes on, whether it's a win, loss or a draw, and you should, you should plan out what you're going to do anyway. Um, and I just started doing that maybe a bit later in my career when, and I felt I was able to enjoy the game then more knowing that win, lose or draw. I'm going to be having coffee with my mate or whatever on, on the, on the Monday morning, or we might be having a drink instead of a coffee if things are going go well. Um, so just to not let the, your whole world stop at five o'clock on a Sunday when, when the game is over that you have something else. So it, that was just a, a, a little thing that, that, that helped me, my nerves, I think, but it probably happened a bit too late in my career that I, I could have used it maybe earlier on. I probably, do you know, but every, every player I'd say is, is get, gets a bit more mature of those little kind of nuggets to, to help them uh, as their career goes on. I suppose it would, on that point, would it be another way of looking at that? Would that be kind of incorporating time management and being accountable to that? 
Yeah, exactly. It's like no, like that's a big um, challenge for for intercounty f- footballers or hurlers, camogie players. That uh, we have our time is so um, precious to us because of our commitments to usually typically a nine to five. That you uh, you have to you have to plan your week, um, and often intercounty football players are their week is scheduled for them. They don't have to uh, schedule anything because, okay, you're working nine to five, you have to be at training at half five. Uh, there's gym on the other nights of the week and all of this. But those those time offs, like the Monday after a game is is kind of your own. And uh, you have to make, it's probably, you might have booked it off for, for because you know there's a big game and you want to recover. Um but you have to plan those days as well or the time in between trainings and yeah, just try to maximize them as much as, and and it's your own time. So you're not being told to do anything. You can do whatever you want. And um, players are often where to be and what to do. So it's, uh, you have to take ownership of your own uh, personal time in or private time as well. Do you, um, a few a few guys actually read on and they, they actually touched on it. Um, when you were, you know when you retired, uh, did you find it kind of difficult because your identity would have been uh, done like it was to carry footballer? Did you find that something hard to I wouldn't say deal with, but or adjust to that football was if you know what I mean? Yeah, and and. And I knew that was going to be a problem for me. So that's kind of why I, I moved away from out of Kerry and, and moved to Dublin because obviously you can be a bit more anonymous up there. And um, yeah, so that I kind of almost knew that would be a problem. So yes, you, you everybody, it will happen and it is still happening. The less people will identify you as 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 the football or whatever, and they'll just be like, "Oh, he's the he's the physio, or he's your man from from Cremon or whatever." So um, yeah, and it's it'll take it just takes a bit of time, but you you just have to readjust to it, and um, that's what that's what a lot of the players at the moment kind of have to. It's almost, <clears throat> unfortunately, COVID has come and, and probably retired a few people a year or two before they they would have liked. But another few fellas, it'll give them an opportunity knowing that, look, retirement is going to come to everybody at some stage. And maybe they'd have used this last year to, to um, you know, prepare for their retirement, prepare mm-hmm. those things in your personal life, whether it's relationships or whether it's your career or um whatever it is it'll give them have given them a bit of time to to put those things in place for when retirement happens because it's it obviously happens to everybody um i suppose just just um kind of bring it back a few steps um actually before we bring it back a few steps you touched on there like you know when logistics would will allow when things improve you'd you'd like to possibly get into um the team environment again in some shape or form would a managerial role or a coaching role what would be preference um i think like mostly i suppose it's it's from a physiotherapy point of view you know it'd be it'd be helping guys rehabilitate or 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 
prehab themselves to prepare for um, or to prevent, sorry, any any injuries. Um, that's obviously where I feel like my expertise is. Um, of course, then, like when you when you're in the environment and you're, it's like even being involved with Wexford, I couldn't help but kind of be drawn to to Paul and his managerial kind of techniques and the selectors and the SNCs and you're you're sure you're becoming a part of their team as well so um undoubtedly you start learning from them as well and their input into into the team because it all it all you can't just have physios working on their thing and an SNC working on another thing it, it's it's all part of a backroom team um so <clears throat> yeah initially obviously my my area of expertise I would consider is is physiotherapy and rehab but as time goes on, I'm sure I'm sure I learn from just being in the environment as well. And I have learned from being in it and having been exposed to different managers over my time and different dressing rooms. You, um, you know, you kind of learn different or you can identify different uh, different um, ways of, of, of leading, of, of managing so you kind of see, yeah, if I was in that position now, I could do this or I'd probably be more inclined to to take this approach with this player or this approach with this group of players. Um, so, yeah, it's something I wouldn't shy away from, but it's uh, it's probably not my my first kind of approach to being involved. It'll be more the, the physio side of things. Um, so I, I suppose we bring it back to the early days. Um uh, you grew up from across the way from the Cremor and GA grounds, um, beautiful little village in fairness. It's out there on the Castlemaine Harbour. Um, what, uh, we, 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 how do I say this? We, you know, when did um, football kind of become part of your life? Was it always part of your life? And um, did you come from a big GA background? Um. Like we were, I suppose my father will joke like that some people build their house across from the, the football field. and But he actually built the football field across from our house because he was <laughs> he was one of the the lads to set up the club back in back in 85. And um, my father's from Killarney. He would have played. He would have played with Killarney Legion. Not a brilliant footballer by by any means, but he was he was a decent footballer on a, on a good Legion team all the way up. Uh, underage and yeah just having there was a legion book it must have been I don't know the centenary book for the club and that was the first thing like where's where's dad on that book and there he is in that and the 12s and there he is on the 14s and the 16s so that was kind of the earliest memories of it um and then you're just over the football field every time there's something on senior training under 16 training you're behind the behind the goals getting the ball like the first time you see what a size five is compared to a size four, like in trying to kick it and Jesus it only going out to the six yard line and all this, like, uh, and, uh, you know, seeing what I thought were like monster of men, like senior men togged out and, uh, you're trying to kick the ball to them and all this, are they, the balls being landing beside you and after going a hundred feet in the air and like torpedoes coming out, you're trying to dodge all the balls behind the goals. So that was, that was the, that was just what I suppose I was used to growing up. The, the first time I kind of realized that, that football was something that you could get a lot of kind of reward from. Then was my dad was uh, involved and in, he's a teacher or was a teacher inside in the intermediate school in Killorglin. 
and back in ninety six they had a great run in the uh in the the Cornivri and they went on and they won the, the Hogan Cup that year and you would have had Mike Frank Russell on, on that team. You would have had John Sheehan, Long Rangers. Um so you'd have had like and I could see like going to those games, like what joy it brought I suppose my father in win- in winning it all out, and uh, I, as a young fellow, then I was maybe only ten or I was uh, twelve, maybe kind of being involved in the celebrations that 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 went along with it, and that was probably the start of like, yeah, football is amazing, like that it can bring such joy to uh, to my dad, and then correspondingly to me and to all the people associated with it and I was starting in the school the next year so there was such a great buzz and then I was trying to make the school team that was such a big incentive or or goal for me to make the school team and yeah I wasn't making it then my first year and it took me a while to to make it but we weren't really brought up with the the Kerry Golden years video or anything at home it wasn't really that um it was kind of more the local stuff like the school and Cremon. Um, and Kerry really wasn't on the scene then maybe f- for another few years, like, you know, until I was uh, maybe a bit older, maybe around 16, 17, when, when that kind of stuff started to happen then. What other sports did you play or, or take part in as, as a young lad? You weren't only one dimensional, as far as I know. No, well, um, there's a good tradition of um, of of kind of athletics in Cremon. There's there's a there's a carry man from from uh, from Dukes who was one of the fastest milers in in uh, our middle distance runner in 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 Ireland at the time. Uh, so I got into a bit of athletics, and then just rugby my older brother was uh just involved in rugby and of course anything he did i wanted to do as well so bit of rugby rowing then in cremon is is pretty big um uh, i suppose obviously we're we're traditionally it's it's cremon is a a fishing village so there'd be a good tradition of uh of rowing again going back to it my dad was part of a, a successful uh rowing sailboat crew back in the back in the 90s early 90s so um all of that was involved in all of that so um and that was that was kind of it really then like the isk used to have a bit of rugby as well so mostly rugby and 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 rowing outside of outside of the ga really and a bit of athletics thrown in there as well but uh i suppose it wasn't really a club uh in cremon it was just a case of just join a few races and, and and see how you get on how did you get on those races? Um, because you always had a, a very good engine in you when you were playing with Kerry. Did that kind yeah. of develop over time or did you always have that? I always had that. I don't know why why I had that. I'd say it just kind of, that was my natural kind of strength was was my, my distance running. Um, why did I have it? Yeah, I don't know. I'd say, again, my dad bringing me for runs maybe and that I just enjoyed it. Obviously, my... My mom would be would have been a keen sports person as well, playing basketball and, and things like that when she was younger. But um, I suppose we were just active and, and naturally that was that was that was it. So th- those runs, yeah, it, without any it, without any athletics training, uh, I just naturally did well in those those races when, whenever they came around. Again, not the sprints or anything like that, but the the longer the better, really. 
Was the plan, um, it was just seeing we got, we got a question and actually just out of curiosity, was the plan ever to run the legs off your markers, you know, on the pitch? Um, because you knew you were definitely, you had a bigger engine than them and as maybe, you know, you might be able to keep up in them sprints, but just if you, you go from goal to goal constantly. Yeah, that was one of my, one of my things I used, um, at the, yeah, that I was like, okay, I'm just going to run this fella until he's, until he can't run anymore and basically just to take the legs from him. So at, typically I wasn't the fastest in a sprint, but you know yourself, if your legs are gone, then, then you're going to, you're not going to be able to run as fast. So, um, it, uh, it was, yeah, I just, from, from once the, once the whistle went, just take this fella on a gallop and just try to keep bursting, bursting along to, to hopefully that he burst before I did. <laughs> And uh, once you have that, then you have them gasping for air and you, you'll, all you want is just one or two extra yards and uh, you, you, you'll sneak away from him and he'll be, he'll be flagging then and you can do a bit of damage. But obviously that could take, that could take a first 20 minutes of, uh, of hard running before a fellow will start flagging. And if they get to halftime and they're still not flagging, then I'd be in trouble at that stage. But um but yeah, that was that was one of my one of my uh, one of my techniques. All right. Um, did you ever get uh, get sight of what you know what you clocked up in a game? Just sort of roughly, like. Yeah. No, I never. I never. I know that it was. It was always kind of mentioned, or you know, oh yeah, I don't know, because you're you're at the top again there. I actually used to look at it. Um, I used to like the fact that I was top, but I used to never kind of take any note. Of what it was, um, I, yeah. Because again, I used to know like that's that's just it's not like did I did I play well? Is what I wanted to know? Did I score? Did I did I beat my man? And or what, how many possessions? What what did I set up? And all of this stuff. So uh, it was kind of just you know yourself walking up to the board anyway. Did I cover a lot of ground? Um, like I often never finished a seventy-minute game as well, playing with Kerry, so it wasn't the full, um, you know, it wasn't the full seventy minutes. So it was never going to be whatever, like uh, a good reflection of, of of how many meters you covered in every five minutes or whatever. So um, yeah, I, I don't even know the figures that, that that I'd be covering to be honest. You sure need some sight at, at at some stage, even at yeah. training. Ah, uh, yeah, I did, but sure. Again, training games like they might never be a, a full. You know, they could be forty-minute halves, or it could be thirty-minute halves. Oh, like nice. it was, uh, it's and uh, yeah, no. So I didn't. Uh, I never took. I never used to write it down or take any notice of it. Honest. <laughs> um, do you ever play midfield, or would you have liked to tug out midfield at any stage? Yeah, I suppose that's where I was most of the un- my underage career, or yeah, up to minors. I played two years at Kerry minors at midfield, um, and it was just when I suppose got brought got into seniors. Then it was it was uh, wing forward, and uh, that was it. Then never really tried midfield for Kerry. Um, yeah, no, it just it didn't happen. I suppose my there were probably plenty. We were we were. Uh, probably flush of, of of midfielders, whereas, um, yeah, and it was it was mostly mostly wing forward really. Two days after his seventeenth birthday, he played for the Kerry Miners, which I believe was against Waterford in Clarny right, yeah. on the, yeah. the 
the 5th of July. Um, Charlie Nelligan was the manager. That was probably the last time Charlie Nelligan was involved, was it, with Kerry side? He, he went on to, with the under-21s then the following year. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and for maybe, or maybe two or three years later, actually. And uh, so, yeah, we Charlie at under-21 level as well. Um, so, yeah, sure, that's like Kerry Minor. You know, once you, once playing with Kerry is on your radar at all, it's, it's yeah, can, is he Kerry Minor? Do you play Minor and all this? Like, it's... Uh, it's such uh it's just held in such esteem in, in Kerry and probably most most counties anyway. Uh so that was a that was a big day for the for the parish, all right, and for my family. How did you come come to the radar? Um I know you mentioned there that you were probably I think you said you were on the development squads. Um but did you have a good year with with ISK or do you know what kind of really got you to the forefront? Yeah, there wasn't really development squads. There was those um do you remember Kerry, well, Kerry South and Kerry North were the things at under 16 level. Mm-hmm. They used to have, um, Kerry South used to be made up of East Kerry, South Kerry and Mid Kerry. And then Kerry North was West, North and kind of, yeah. West Tree North. as well. It? Yeah, truly. Yeah. So you, you had a competition at under 16 level and uh, I probably did, I did particularly well at that. Then got brought in with mid-carry minors and did well enough with them. So that's that's where I probably got spotted then at the mid-carry minor level when I was 16, then got brought in. Or sorry, the school, our school team as well. Yeah, the ISK, we had we had some good battles with, with Carsevine and the Green and the Sem at the time as well. So we were making making Kearney refinals. Um, Carsevine were too strong for us most, most days. Uh, or Klosner Skellige, but um, that's where, that's where you, you, those school games like are, are so massive for, for players' developments, uh, you know, in those ages when you're 15, 16, 17, um, the quality of football, like the improvements the players make during those years are huge. And that was when it kind of started to happen for me as well. I probably was a bit slow in developing around the ages of 12, 13, 14. But uh, in those three years, 15, 16, 17 is, is where I, I made a lot of de- development. Um, I read in reports uh, you were described as a really talented teen, um, minor in your days. Did you feel pressure on your shoulders? I know you might say you didn't, but looking back now, did you think you might have been might have been there. Um, I don't think so. I don't remember you know, being overly nervous about games. I'd say just normal nervousness. Really. Um, I kind of knew coming from Cremon, like it. Sean Sullivan was just a couple of years older than me, and Sean had been a Kerry minor. And you know, when you see somebody who lives two miles down the road from you and who trains with the same team as you, you kind of like, Jesus, if he can do it, I can do it. So it wasn't like, uh, like Sean it was the, our first carry minor for, for ever, really. Um, so it might have felt a bit different for him. But when I, when I had him to look up to, uh, I was like, yeah, this is normal. Kerry or Cremon have Kerry minors every couple of years. It hasn't. Ha- it hasn't happened since. But um, or sorry, we it happened two years ago there with with uh, Kieran O'Sullivan, but it hadn't happened in a long time. Uh, so it it just felt pretty pretty normal, all right for us. Um, 
So yeah, it just kind of rolled with the punches at the time. And uh, after, I suppose, when I got called up to the seniors then pretty quickly, uh, following year with Paddy O'Shea and I suppose that that was the big jump then like you know Kerry Miners is one thing but being in with the big dogs in and at the senior level uh, was kind of a, another thing altogether like and it kind of I was like a rabbit in the headlights you know inside there um, kind of not knowing what I was what I was you know you I didn't really realise how, how serious this thing was was but um it, it was it was nice to to hang in there while while I did. Um, can, two things. First of all, can you kind of put in towards what your um in the county league debut was like uh, in March against in March two thousand three um, against Dublin and Clarny. Um, albeit it was a special day, but it may it was extra special um, with your teammate there Sean O'Sullivan the other, on the other wing that must have been an unbelievable day for the club and for both families absolutely yeah um, and again it was probably didn't realise at the time how, how big it was um, I think like the, the big thing for me or you know you think back at the little small funny things that, that happened and it was like Airtel was the was was on the TV and you'd be looking at Airtel for the the news headlines and on the on the sport I don't know whatever page sport was on RT sport on Airtel um, I was the headline Walsh debuts against the dubs or something like this and uh Jesus, my my mom nearly lost her head when she saw the, the, the headline on Airtel, like that uh, Walsh was was making his debut, and uh, it kind of that's when you kind of like Jesus, this is this is big news now. Like you know, when you're you, you think being a Kerry Miner is Jesus, this, this is the pinnacle, and then you you get up to the seniors and you realize Jesus, no, that that was nothing compared to this. So. Um, yeah, we ended. Oh, it was a beautiful day in Killarney. Beautiful spring day in over over in Killarney, playing the dubs, beating the dubs. I played whatever I probably came off about ten or fifteen minutes into the second half, um, and yeah, we won. So it was all happy days, and um, you know, you get a round of applause coming off, even though not having played brilliantly, but not having messed up basically is all I was worried about that I didn't mess up, and. Uh, yeah, sure. It was it was happy days. Like I thought, long may this continue. Like, but uh, little did I know it was uh, there was going to be a lot more bumps along the along the way. Yeah, we'll we'll delve into that now in a second. But just I suppose just on on that point there, you said a couple of minutes ago about you were kind of a deer in the headlines. That's a great, you know, um, metaphor as such as to you know I suppose you went in, you didn't really know what to expect, but. There's a story I heard that uh, you were getting lifts for getting some food with Paddy after training, and he you were telling him something, and he, he kind of sh- showed your innocence, or you know. Yeah, sure, that's it. Like we, I was in, I just started in UCC, and living not too far away from College Road, and uh, you know, obviously I was a slight, well, not slight. I was. 19 or 18 still like in, in with in with the big boys in with seniors and of course party was like obviously thinking right we need to bulk you up a bit like you need to get a bit stronger so he asked me about my diet 
And uh, I think in like, you know, oh yeah, I, I, I'll tell him now about Linux's, which is the takeaway Cork, like every Cork person to know about it, that it's, <laughs> it's not your, it's not a McDonald's and it's not Burger King. It's Linux's. It's, it's, it's actually kind of homemade stuff or something is what I thought it was like. So I tell Paul, yeah, Paul, actually, I go to Linux's now rather than going to any of these McDonald's and things. But, uh, think that I was being a great man like to know that I was eating great stuff but um I'd say Paul you know I want to be more on the on the fillet steaks and the and this and the boiled spuds like but um that was that was the, just na- na- my naivety like to know and um kind of yeah I'd say he just thought right he didn't he didn't really say much to that like but um and there was not there was no dietitian there either to be to be for him to be referring me on to or anything like so uh but that that was it that was just uh being young and a bit and a bit foolish and not and not realizing what what I was getting myself into. Um between 03 then and 07, 07 you made your you're on the championship panel and you made your debut in your championship debut in 2018, I think. Um but yeah. that period, we say between uh, 2003 and 2007, it must have been difficult for you. You know, you were inside there and then you were kind of probably perhaps put to the side. Um, and albeit maybe you're probably left to your own, you had to do the work yourself and figure out what needed to be done. Or did someone take you under their wing and gave you a plan and encouraged you? Um. It was like you again, like <clears throat> college happened around that you know, obviously that time. So you're you're coming in as a Kerry minor, you go up to UCC. Again, all of my life decisions up until then would have been football related. Um I would have repeated leaving in, in the ISK because we had a good football team and because I thought we were gonna win or to to be more successful at Carnivory and on on hopefully to win a Hogan Cup like my dad had done with the team a couple of years before that. That didn't happen, but still I was going to go to UCC again because Morris Fitzgerald had gone to UCC, Paul Gavin, Amethyst Morris, Ian Twist, Finon Kelleher, uh, all these fellas have been successful with the UCC team a couple of years previous to that. They were winning county title, they were winning Cork County titles, Munster titles. And I was like, yeah, football is Cork is where I want to be for football. Um, so I just picked my engineering course then around around that. And but of course, you land on to Cork then and you're Again, look, as as a young fella, you're introduced to nightlife and and all of this, and you're as a Kerry minor in, you've a bit of a big head, like you're arriving up to Cork, and um, it just doesn't go hand in hand, like when you're when you when you're trying to train as an intercounty footballer and trying to study and trying to socialise and enjoy your college life, uh, it just all came crumbling down on me and injuries happened and loss of form my jesus i had my worst run of form in like i just like jesus what's happened to me me at all i started to put on weight even like i remember one fellow saying jeez first time ever that someone said jeez you're after putting on a few pounds like and i wouldn't easily put on a few pounds but it for for it just happened um so 
yeah, I was off the scene, just off of off out of the Kerry scene for a good few years. And Kerry were being successful at the time. Like you're talking about 04 now, 05, 06, where Kerry were making the All-Iron Final every year, winning it, obviously, in 04 and 06. And I was going up to Dublin on the train, drinking away with the boys and going to the regular haunts up around Dublin, up around O'Connell Street and heading up to the hill with the lads and off to the after party again, wherever it was, the Burlington or City West or wherever it was. And um, all of this was grand, but like, you know yourself, like in the back of my mind that I, it was, it was like, Jesus, I should be, or I could be, I could be there with them. I could be winning and, or playing some part in it. And, my father would be the fellow who would always, always pull me by the side at some after some game, and he'd say, "Donica, you should be there with them." And I used no, it was, it was always the back of my his head and the back of my head. And so, look, it's <clears throat> with work. Then I just I was transferred up to to Galway, or I got work up in Galway and got trained with a team in uh, up in Galway. And just got really fit, and um, I mid Kerry had a good run there in the county championship, and um, I was playing well. And just Pat O'Shea, who had had me in my second year minor from from Crokes, he spotted me playing well and brought me in for the for the zero seven year then, and yeah, started brilliantly. And just unlucky to pick up an injury there. Um, kind of at the start of the summer, which kind of ruined me out for the, the championship, or I wasn't playing well for the rest of the championship, even though I was making the panel, and then kind of got my debut then following year again, 2008, and it kind of uh, kind of took off from there then. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't uh, wasn't exactly a, a second coming or anything like that, but it was um, it just meant that I was where I kind of knew I I, I should be. Um, or where I could be, and uh, it just. But that's when the that's only when the start the work kind of started then to actually stay there or actually be be an an important part of 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 the team that I wanted to be. Like what um, you 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 touched it there that when you went to Galway, things kind of started to change. But was there a certain point, or did a certain you know was there a sliding door moment that you were like bang, you know I need to change my I need to change my my lifestyle or my training regime. Did something happen that made that made you click? Uh, no, like as in, it just I suppose college didn't go great overall. Like my, my my everything I did, everything that I was doing just didn't go well. Whether it be exams and the degree, I was failing a lot of exams. Now I scrubbed through them all in the end, but it was kind of like just scraping through. Uh, football again okay I was playing grand but winning nothing not being particularly good at anything so everything I was doing was just kind of a bit a bit half-arsed to be honest and um, so like it, it's and you're trying to do everything kind of yeah half-arsed whether it's the socializing or with or, or, or the football or the or, or the college so once once that once college kind of ended then you were kind of okay this is my career now uh engineering what it was at the time um are you going to go full full on for that 
or are you are going to go full on for Kerry? And I kind of said, right, no, I'm going to give this Kerry thing a, a crack. And yeah, just put my head down, started gymming more. I uh, got on top of a few niggles that I'd had uh, injury-wise. And yeah, just kind of put it, a li- nothing, nothing serious. Like I didn't have to have a, go- a big talk with myself, but it was just, uh, um, or I didn't have a big moment. I just said, look, Want to get fit, and a few I got lucky, like you know, I got in, got in with a nice club up and up or and more in Galway, um, and just things started to happen right. Get, got moved down from Galway, then down to Limerick, um, because the, the construction because I was called in with Kerry, and then there was a site opened up in Tralee. We were building the pennies in Tralee, and that all kind of happened to, to, and it helped me that that. Like it isn't often that it was John Sisk I was working for at the time. They typically wouldn't have a site in Kerry at all. And it just so happened that they were doing that. So that obviously helped with my commute for to training. So, um, yeah, things started to bit of look as well as uh, as well as just a bit of a, a mindset change for myself. So everything kind of started, you know, fall into place. And I suppose something you kind of alluded to that maybe you were trying to spread yourself across too many things before and you probably weren't able to narrow your focus and that's the we're all the victim of that you know you, you don't realize it until it's nearly it could be too late um, yeah but no you're uh, one thing actually i, I always remember it, i'll let you at the game the it was probably 2008 um the meet kerry championship final with strand road um must yeah. have been a cracker like it was a cracker in the in the in the stands and it went absolutely crazy but can you relive the last couple of minutes? Oh yeah, like it was. It, it obviously had gone to replay, so um, it was. Uh, yeah, like the la- like the last few minutes, I was out on my feet. It was. Um, I had nothing to do with the goal anyway, because I think. Uh, I think was it was it Declan Quill was after kicking a free or maybe he pulled it mm-hmm. wide, but um, I was being back underneath the goal underneath the uh, the crossbar for that as it. I don't know as it sail over the bar and thinking, Jesus, yeah, I must have went over the bar and thinking, Jesus, we're 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 goosed here now, like we need a goal. And the yeah, I remember, yeah, like Jack O'Connor was in charge of Strand Road at the same day, and there was a good bit of like they had it one day, they thought they'd had one at the time, and there was a bit of a scramble. I think even photographers were all over to him in front of him preparing for it. But um we got a kick out landed it down uh i think there was darren o'sullivan got involved in they were trying to pull darren down of course as most teams would try to try to pull darren down just to stop him because he's the danger man but uh and then it just got to got to ian twist i think yeah and like ian is a brilliant poacher like he's a he's a right corner forward kind of a fella who he'll just get a goal for you and he ended up getting a penalty for us, which was which is just as good because because uh, Aidan O'Shea was uh, on on the penalties that year for us, and Aidan's well able to strike a ball, and uh, he he stuck the goal for us from the penalty spot, which which won it for us. Um, so it was it was incredible. Like I remember, yeah, Hogan, Hogan, Joe McGillity from 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 Glen Carr was the next man next to us, and we we were crying like because we just couldn't believe it really. Um, you know, so it was. It was. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was one of the one of the highlights of my my career, definitely. Yeah, I was, I was a young fella, and then I got absolutely smothered inside in the stand in Fitzgerald Stadium. The place yeah. went nuts. Um, yeah, but 
doing your time with, with Kerry, you know, looking back now, um, I'd be big into, and I always ask, ask the guests, uh, the culture that has been in the, the dressing room. Um, you know, obviously, without probably, you know, being specific about certain management or manager, um, what was brought, you know, could you see a different team culture over your time with Kerry, over the 12 or 15 years you were with Kerry? Like, was was there a work ethic, dedication, but then when the new group came around, did they bring something different? Yeah, like every year that I suppose it's been twelve years in altogether in 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 Wickerry, um, every year was 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 slightly different than the year before. Um, you're talking about, you know, it's obviously an amateur sport, but but played at almost a professional level. So every year there was some extra bit of professionalism almost brought into it. So from from when I started. Okay, I was there for a short bit in two thousand and in two thousand and three, but really from from two thousand and seven, uh, all the way to twenty eighteen, uh, you're talking loads of things changed. So yes, the, the you could say the culture changed, but it was just um, or the mindset changed. But it's always first thing is we're here to win in all Ireland. That was just, that it almost wasn't even said, you know, it wasn't said like you're just here to win in all Ireland and anything else is, isn't, isn't, you know, isn't good enough. And then, okay, how are we going to win it this year? And that was kind of the, the ethos. And then it was after that, it was okay. We're going to put in the, the hard work in the league and we're going to aim for first round of the championship and, we're going to have all the work done, and then after that, then we'll we'll go and attack whoever we need to whoever we need to beat. So it, it was obviously the different managers. This was party for a short while. You you had Pat O'Shea, and I had Jack O'Connor, and then I'd uh, Amos Fitzmaurice, and they all kind of adapted to how. <sighs> the group of players that they had and the difference, the different kind of um, the difference in, in how the game was being played as well. Like, uh, so it was, I don't think there was, there was always a, a playing with Kerry. You always knew you, you had the talent. It was just, okay, did we, did we work hard enough or are we going to put in the work? Um, so it, but it, it like to answer your question it, it's it evolved i think it, it was just an evolving kind of a, a structure or or um that was involved that was in the in each group each year was a slightly bit different even under different managements as well i suppose looking back you know it was a time that the ga went through a huge change as well it effectively went from amateur amateur to Amateur professional, you know, the you know the professionalism really kind of creeped in through through those years, and especially when Tyrone and Armagh came on the scene in the mid and early early nineties. Um, can you can you give actually uh, just kind of an insight? Was like facing Cork, you know, in, in the most championships and in the All Irelands, there was some remarkable days in 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 uh, Fitzgerald Stadium and Crow Park and. The rivalry was excellent. It was great from from a supporter's point of view. But um, what was it like to be on the pitch? You know, 
that's what that's what football is all about, as we we spoke about earlier on. Yeah, absolutely, uh, epic epic battles, and it, it was Cork which was on your mind, like you know, from from the start of the season, like you you knew, like okay, we're going to play play Cork in the semi or, or the final of Munster, and uh, we didn't ever want to be going back door. Uh, we always just wanted to beat them anyway, so that was what you were always gearing up for in, in those days in, in, in the noughties and Cork were always had their eye for us like as well um, even though we, we started to get the better of them con- consistently towards the end of my my time um, you always knew Cork was going to be going to be a tough game in a way so like it, it, it often came down to you knew you it came down to the middle eight all of those games, it came down to the middle eight because they had such good inside forwards uh, that they would trouble us if they got the if they got the um, the supply of ball. And back then, it was whoever won. It, it was more the traditional, obviously, kick it into the full forward line. There wasn't too many blanket defenses. So, can you win more than your fair share in and around the middle eight to make sure you have more supply and? whichever forward line gets more supply, they're going to win the match. So it was a case of, okay, that battle zone was where it was going to be won and lost. And Cork had some seriously big men in around that middle eight. And we had big men, but we had to match them as well for, for the breaking ball. Um, obviously, you the likes of Darashe winning clean ball, but even when he came down then, that he was going to be surrounded like. So uh, breaks were such a huge thing. Um, there was n- short kickouts were obviously a little and uh, not as common, so th- most of the time it was piked out and you were just fighting for for your breaking ball, and that was kind of a it was a nice way to know going into a game that look you're just going to have to be putting your head on the line going for these balls, um, and just getting stuck in. And after that, then yes, there would be a bit of football being played after after that as well. Like you're going to have to obviously mark your man, kick your own few scores, create a few scores, and yeah, so it was it was enjoyable that way. Obviously, we we got some they beat us a few times as well, and there was some some close shaves, um, but it was it was always kind of um, an enjoyable you know build up. And usually an enjoyable aftermath as well. Your time with Kerry, you went to a few uh, team building sessions. I believe a few of them were extremely hard, or the military style. Yeah, they've um, like those those team building sessions are are brilliant. Um, like the 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 madder they are, probably the better usually because it'll all you want is a few stories to be rehashed over the over the rest of the year because. It's, it's hard to fit them in sometimes with the way seasons are, you know, you, it's to get a window uh, to, to get them in. So when you when you do get a weekend that's free, um, you yeah, you want to make use of it. So, yeah, there's been there's been we were up in Cork, we were up in the Galti Mountains and yeah, yeah. The, mad, the, the, the madder, the better. Like so um, it's again, it's all great because you, you do you feel like you are you're preparing yourself for those war zones like that middle eight war zone like that you're you're kind of you're just going to be backing each other up um so 
like everybody enjoyed those enjoyed those even though that you were hating them at the time like you know you're either cold or you're being you're sore or you're whatever like but it's uh it's they're, they're always good fun yeah <clears throat> I heard that <clears throat> excuse me I heard I heard that story I write about the Galti Mountains and it sounded oh my god the, 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 I think it was the yeah the military style when they um they were blindfolded and and uh and all that crack but uh no look I suppose that's that's all part and parcel of it but just <clears throat> plug here if you come back down the wall team building there'd be none of that it'd be be great great crack and you know it won't be any any military style <laughs> As um as you got older and, and developed in you know in with Kerry, um you touched on that one of the hardest thing was was to get in there um and then maybe when you're in there maybe the easiest thing was was you know the the hardest thing was you know to make the starting fifteen and a few players have said that down through the years like the A versus B games would be crazy on a, on a Sunday evening a Sunday Sunday morning in Clarny and even I suppose with the the current Dublin era you you hear you know snippets that their A versus B games are so intense do you think that's important to to keep appetite up and and keep uh you know keep players in tune yeah absolutely you're um I suppose I, I spend a lot of my time at the start um, on the B team. And again, I'd be marking the likes of Tomas O'Shea or Aidan Mahoney. And a big lift for me was either of those fellas. And they both said it to me afterwards, like that, Jesus, I was the fittest ever. You know, after winning All-Ireland, Jesus, I was the fittest I've ever felt, thanks to you running the legs off me as a, on, as a B wing forward. So, um, like, that's that was brilliant for me to hear and I that felt like okay I can push on the next year and, and, and maybe get on to the A team which which I eventually did but um, like if they're they want to be marking the best at training because they know they're going to be meeting the best of the other counties uh, in in All-Ireland semi-finals or finals or Munster finals or whatever it is so um, and of course you unfortunately obviously injuries happen so you you need good backup as well so now in Kerry we're we are typically blessed with, with, with great talent so having having 30 40 fellas up to inter-county standards is uh is almost a given you know so um typically I'd say those AVB games for 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 generations or for years and years in a way have have always been very very tough and that's you're very much aware um, when you enter a Kerry senior panel that it's hard to obviously earn a jersey and once you have it it's very hard to hold on to it as well that, that you're only you're only holding it for a certain period of time that you're honored to be holding it so it's by no means your jersey at all it's always up for grabs after each match you hand back the jersey and you're it's up for grabs again and it's it's up to you to to um to hold on to it again on the tuesday and the thursday night until the next uh, until the manager picks the team again so that's almost a given uh that it's not a divine right that you have you're given a jersey and you hold on to it so i think that's Again, that might be in every county, but it's definitely very strong in in Kerry. And uh, I 
I doubt it's changed under Peter Keane either, uh, and it, it won't change for for many years. You played, you know, um, at an elite, an, an elite level, you know, with with Kerry and so three. I know there's two years there, but up until 18 when yourself and Louise met in uh, Louise Galvin you know, obviously she had a remarkable career playing basketball rugby and, and football um, to date do you learn things from her and what, what she would have known from playing three sports do you bring that into your whether it be recovery or mindset or, or training do you you know what I'm trying to say? Did you? Oh did... yeah, hundred percent, and absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's Jesus. If only I had met her a few years earlier. Like it, <laughs> it, she's she's obviously, I suppose, a physio as well, and she would have started off basketball was her was her sport, and then she carried in and brought in with the with rugby sevens, and she was basically she was a professional rugby player then for for a number of years, so. Like as as elite as we think intercounty football or hurling or camogie is, she was professional like her, and uh, so she was a level above a level above where I where I had got to as well. So I learned hugely from her, um, and it was brilliant to be able to just describe or, or just chat through. Uh, her training and comparing it to our training and uh, of course she had obviously played with Kerry ladies team which she was always intrigued as to what the, the senior men's team what, what kind of training we were doing so it was uh, it was yeah we would be kind of kind of almost um, you know we'd be inquiring a lot as to as to okay what are you doing for this or what are you doing for this and all of this and uh from a strength conditioning point of view from an injury rehab from an injury preventative side of things um tactically what they do um or in, in to prepare tactically as well and even all of those those team team bonding what do they do for team bonding as well um so it was it's yeah i've learned so much from her and um like even the fact now that she's she's back in with the Kerry ladies there now again like she'll be able to contribute hugely to them as well um now i know her her main aim is obviously to to get on the team first and foremost like it's not like she's she's going to waltz back in there or anything but um she'll be able to bring that experience that she's learned with in a professional setup um and hopefully hopefully be able to kind of help the girls on as well from from, from that side of things but um yeah it is uh maybe a pity that i meet, didn't meet louise a bit earlier to to get to get her experience of things and like if you you know i know kind of put you on the spot now but what would be the biggest thing you probably learned from her and you applied to your your either your game or a recovery i think the um Mostly the kind of strength conditioning side of things, really. I, as I mentioned at the start there, I naturally um, fit aerobically. That's just naturally, uh, I, I have that. Um, I would have, and again, like you have to think about gym and strength conditioning is relatively new to, to, to GAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, like if nowadays it's kind of part and parcel, any club team kind of gets a gym program, but 
back when I was um, getting called in, there, there wasn't really much about about gym. Uh, so it, it was, and you could kind of get away without doing it. You could, um, because it always came down to a football on the Tuesday and Thursday were more important than the gym work on the Monday and the Wednesday. Um, but that, and that just changed recently that for, for Kerry anyway, or for, for me, it's, if you wanted to skip a gym session on a, on a Monday or a Wednesday, because you felt, I uh, do you know, I, I'll stay fresh now for Tuesday. I want to play well on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, you could get away with, with skipping it because you thought that's what you were, you were correct in doing. You, you were, you didn't want to make your legs heavy, but in fact, the gym nowadays is just as important and there's no way you're allowed to skip a gym session on a Monday or a Wednesday ahead of a Tuesday or a Thursday football session. And I was probably guilty of, of that kind of thinking, oh, no, I'll, I'll keep, keep it in my legs. Whereas I know now from, I suppose, studying physiotherapy and yeah, reading more into sports high high level sports performance and chatting to Louise as well that if you don't get the strength into your legs on a Monday and a Wednesday session you actually won't be able to use them on, on a Tuesday in, a thir- in, in the game scenario or in a training scenario so th- there's a balance to be got there right obviously you, you, you can't lift he- too heavy but y- you you start to build um, as the season goes on and as the years go on. So that's, that's something that I, if I had to live it back again, I probably would have spent more time or committed more to the strength conditioning side of things um, as opposed to, uh, to help my, my, overall, my overall football. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely something that, that I've learned um, probably a bit too late now at this stage, but it's uh, it's it's definitely if if I was to advise if I was to advise any younger footballers, but they they know that at this stage anyway. Like you'll see all those development squads, they're being shown the correct techniques in in the gym. Um, it's not like they have to become gym monkeys. Like often, gym is is almost a a bad word, you know, and some of the traditionalists eyes like, but it, it helps prepare your body for the high intensity that Gaelic football has been played at at the moment. It's faster, it's longer, it's, um, you need to be, it, yeah, faster run for longer and, uh, and on top of that, then you need all the skills as well. So it, it's just the demands of the game have increased so much that, um, it's one thing that I would have done differently. All right. Do you think it's gone too much to the extreme? Um, GA players and hurlers and hurlers are massive now. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I. I think hurlers are as skillful as ever. Uh, now I know nothing about hurling, but <laughs> maybe I'll talk about or, or fo- football. But footballers are as skillful as ever. Like. To know if, again, you'd have the traditionalists to, to say that, that they were more skillful back in the day, but I don't believe it. So that you can be both. You can be both. Now, you can be strong and fit and you can be unbelievably skillful. So the only problem is it's something has to give. You know, if, if you want to get strong, okay, you got to spend some time 
in the gym or, or doing that type of strength training. Um, and obviously then if you want to be skillful, you've got to spend time on the pitch as well, practicing your skills. They don't, you know, so it's, and at the end of the day, they need a nine to five. They need to put bread on the table as well. So it's, it is becoming, it's coming to a stage where something going is going to have to give. And, um, yeah, like it's it's just a real challenge that that's it's it's staring the GA right in the face. Like we we know it's kind of like that big truck that's coming straight for you, and you're like ah, we won't move out of the way until we have to or whatever. You know, it's uh, it's it's coming to that stage, and I felt it was coming there to the GA. You had a lot of players actually this time last year opting out of intercounty football. Uh, now with the way the season happened most of them ended up playing because it, it, it was all abandoned and whatever travels they had planned were all were all shelved but the um, what's been asked of, of the county players is becoming too much um, so I, I, I don't know where what's, what's going to give but something's going to have to give um, the time the personal times to develop themselves professionally in their careers or to develop their own personal relationships, whether that be family or private, private relationships is being eaten into. And um, it's, it's tough for fellas then when, when their football careers are over and, and they're, they've put all their heart and soul into their football or hurling careers and it comes to an end like with everybody and, and they have to start picking up the pieces then of the rest of their lives. So um, now there is, there always is a nice balance to be struck uh, and hopefully managers realize, and they, a lot of the managers do realize that and, and not even managers, but uh, county boards realize that, that they, they can't flog their players that they have to be thinking of, of the whole, the whole picture, the whole player outside of, outside of what they do on, on, on a GA field. Um, so that's that's the big challenge for the GAA that they they that they keep uh, thinking about these players as not only players as 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 human beings as boys and girls that that will someday not play the sport anymore and uh, you'll hope that they won't resent the sport that that maybe they gave ten years of their life and regret it then for the for the other fifty years of their life so. Um, but, yeah. You yeah, and it, it's it's definitely it's definitely um you know it's dictating lads and, and girls' life. You know they they're choosing their career around it. Um, and they're probably realizing then when they're ten or twenty years into the career that they hate it. You know, and it could be possibly too late to change. Although it it can it is it, it isn't. But you know, I suppose when 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 they're in that situation, they might think that. Um, what yeah you, you're touching the point there that you know this this is staring the J in, in the face like you know and it's coming at him like a truck it's gone and has become extremely professional um do you think that the GA should step in to stop it or should they step in and give possibly the intercounty players some when I say kickback, perhaps maybe it'd be tax break or something like that, like the League of Ireland players get and rugby players. You know, sh- should the GA players get something for the time they're putting in over, you know, 10, 15 years at the county standard? 
No, I don't. I don't think it 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 would be, it would work like that at all. I think it's um, there's loads of other ways to to help um, develop a player um, outside of outside of the the GA or outside of football or outside of money or anything. There's like the the GA is a community. It's it's the best. It's the strongest community in Ireland. We we've seen it there since the start of the COVID. How how strong our GA community is and it's it's just using that a bit better like um i when i when i carry football when i was a carry footballer i just considered myself just part of carry but since kind of coming out of it a bit i kind of realized that even been down in wexford you realize geez these this is a whole community down here of very like-minded people um the wexford footballers put in as much effort as, as the Kerry footballers do. They mightn't get the same recognition or the same um, achievements, but they put in exactly the same. The same, And uh, there's every other county in Ireland is, is very similar to that. So, so I think county boards just have to think about, okay, when, when a player is, is brought in, almost like, um, I don't know, like it, they do it obviously, the development squads now, but you just have to think about Okay, Johnny. Johnny's an excellent footballer. Are we? Are we kind of? Is he? Is he getting his education right? Do you know? Can we have some maybe input in that? Um, or is he? Is he kind of? Is he falling away and on the studies, or is he struggling with the studies? Um, okay, if he's not into the studies, is there jobs? Do you know? He doesn't have to be handed a job, but he can be shown where there would be an opportunity for him, like a bit of career guidance. Um, like even like counseling there, like you, you don't know what kind of uh, what kind of struggles of a, a player would be having. Like he might be kicking kicking two six on a Sunday and and going home and crying himself to sleep on a Sunday night. You know, even after playing well, like you 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 don't know these uh, the fellas outside of the. So maybe there would be some kind of a a liaison with the players. Just to say, look, I'm not happy in in with certain aspects of my life. Could you give me a hand? And the GA is is, is great that they will have those facilities or, or somebody to tap into. So it's things like that that um, where I think intercounty players can be helped out a bit. Like you know yourself from from setting up your own business. There's plenty of intercounty footballers and hurlers or players setting up their own businesses and um and they might need a bit of direction they might need a bit of um you know of whatever financial advice whatever it is investment advice business advice like and the ga have the community and have the contacts to help set that up or or, or, or do that kind of thing so um that's the type of that's the type of help i i would see uh being most beneficial um i, I the the gpa are doing some of it um and and they're initiating it uh to a good degree uh i've i've definitely tapped into to a good bit of that more later on in my in my intercounty career um but that i, I kind of regret me not having to that sooner in in, in my career um, so 
that type of thing, but it doesn't maybe have to come from the GPA. It can maybe come from a Kerry County board level as well, or just the GA in, in general. Um, but so that, that would be kind of my idea of it. Um, that's just because the, the GA community is so brilliant that we, we, we absolutely adore our inter-county players uh, and people would bend over backwards to help them, whether it be uh, on field or, or, or off the field. I, I don't know, you, you were probably asked this before, um, but I'm, I'm going to throw it to you and I, I think you're probably being modest about it, but I, it'd be great if you could open up and and uh, be able to see what you think. Um, during the years, you know, you were with Kerry and there's no doubt, like you're chatting to people, um, you did a tremendous amount of work. Um, at times you probably didn't get the, you know, the recognition that, you know, players maybe they're kicking the ball over where constantly would have been getting you got your all-star in 15. Do you feel, looking back in your career now, do you think you sh- you deserved one or two more? Not at all, no. Um, as in, <laughs> like those, those all-stars are, um, it, there, look, everyone, I, I'm glad I have one, you know, but it's, yeah. it, it, it doesn't, it, it's not the be all and end all. Uh, often, like, once I got one, then I haven't been nominated for one since. It's kind of like once you get one, then you're. I, I was almost a better player when I didn't have one, like, because they were like, oh, Jesus, you should have got an OS or you should have an OS there. And then when I got it, nobody ever said it to me again. Like, so, um, no, nah, I, I, uh, I think I was lucky to get one, to be honest. Um, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, there's no set criteria, it's very subjective on them. Um, there's a lot better footballers and there will be way better footballers that, that don't get one. So look, it's look at a draw and uh, yeah, that was it really. What was the, um, look, I suppose it's the big team in the media at the moment, um, sledging on the pitch. You know, there's always that banter and healthy, when I say healthy sledging, healthy back and forth between players. Was there ever a time that it went a bit too far looking back at it all? Um, no, again, like I was running my fella. So if he was, if he was, if he was, if he was saying anything to me, he was having to shout it at the top of his lungs because, uh, uh, so often the fact that I was running the whole time, it probably didn't get a chance to, to say anything or to whisper anything into me. Um, that so actually. I honestly, I'd never gotten any sledging. Um, maybe like, yeah, if it was, I didn't realize it was sledging. Uh, it was probably just, you know, because sledging is only a new enough term in, 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 in GAA. It was just called being a fucking arsehole, like, you know, so, um, yeah, you just, and you've, you've, you've those fellas ever in, in any line of work, like, so, um, mm-hmm. no, I never, for me, it never, it never, it never affected me, but yeah, it's usually because they were, I was trying to fucking make sure there was about five, five or ten yards between me and him and I at all time. <laughs> we'll, we'll finish it up, Don, in, in two or three minutes. So uh, I took enough enough of your time, but um, I sat down with Vinnie Murphy, um, Dublin, Dublin Stalwart, a couple of weeks ago, and he touched on a point, and it was, I found it very, very interesting that um. Early in his career, he played, uh, they played in Dublin, played a challenge game against Tyrone in Canada 
in Toronto, I think it was. Did you, did you play any game like that with Kerry abroad during your time? Jeez, no. Um, no, we never never went abroad. Um, we'd have an all game of 10 on 10 on, on the team trips at the end of the year, all right, but they'd be uh, they'd be hearing enough games of soccer now, but um, or a game of beach beach volleyball now would be the only thing, but no, uh, basketball is, is that is that something oh, as well? You took basketball <laughs> then as well, yeah. I was we were over in Miami that time that the boys uh picked the basketball team to to uh to take on the locals, but um, I didn't make that team either, <laughs> even though Donny he told me I, I was he put his hand, hand around me and after about two or three nights going out to the basketball court regularly, he said, geez, Dunicky, you're, you're the most improved player of, of us all now. But <laughs> 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 that oh, meant I, I was coming from a, a fairly low, a low, low base. But um, yeah, no, I didn't. Make, it was all Tony's that made that, made that team. Very John, Donaghy and Cameron Wills. Oh, uh, Tommy yeah, Walsh, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Tommy, look. a bit more... Oh, yeah. Um, look, do you think you know what can be? Look, obviously, it's probably a bad time asking this now because of COVID, and you know, they're after probably losing so much money financially. But in an ideal world, what do you think can be done to you know to increase um, awareness of GA around the world? You know, in your career, would you have liked that opportunity, you know, to go abroad with the team and possibly play an exhibition game in London or? wherever it could be, you know, in Spain perhaps, or in probably the two markets would probably be the UK and and um, America, North America, around New York, probably would probably be the two markets. That would be great crack, wouldn't it? Yeah, and like I've, uh, I suppose I've experienced of, of, of going on a J1 over to New York and, and playing playing football over there and Jesus from what I could see the the GA was very healthy over there at the time uh, I also have a brother and a cousin uh, who are over in Seoul at the moment in South Korea and they're the GA seems very healthy over there as well um, and we did do uh, we I was on an all-star trip all right to Dubai as well and we we would have had the the all-star game and uh, again GA very very healthy over around Dubai and and Abu Dhabi, so it's <clears throat> and I actually went to the World Games there now for the last few years. I went to in uh, they were in Waterford, um in WIT. That was uh, maybe two summers ago now. At this stage, it must have been yeah. Uh, again, because my my brothers were involved in the Asian team, um, and ah uh, that's phenomenal. Like to to go to those events and see. And uh, native South African teams, or, or uh, you know, you you have your teams. You could have a, a New York team, but or uh, uh, an Australian team that might be full of Irish fellas or girls. But then you have the the native teams. I think they call them where where you have born and bred Aussies, born and bred South Africans, born and bred um, South Koreans playing it, playing GA, and it is brilliant i really enjoy i really enjoy seeing that um now should they be promoted more like yes like this that event that was on a war for there two years ago it got a bit of national coverage but not half nowhere near how much it should have gotten from from the gaa they should have had cameras there all day showing showing the games um because it, it 
it's it's just brilliant. It just shows how good our games are, how good our, our hurling football and camogie are as as sports and just the camaraderie then like the you know after games even though obviously some of the games got got pretty heated like um the competitiveness is definitely there when when you're representing your country like but uh it's 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 uh, really something that's that i that i love to see and i'm i'm always asking my brother how they're getting on uh, in their preparation for um <clears throat> For whatever tournament, whether if whether it's the Asian Games or, or whatever they have coming up, so um, yeah, no, it's it's and like we have our, our new our new GA president is is has been president or over from New York GA, so um, uh, so I'm sure maybe he that'll be on he, more on his agenda, but it's it's definitely strong and it could could be made stronger again i'm not sure now what, what what needs to be done but um just promotion of it really is is probably the way to go um the we'll uh we'll just before before we end it now we'll just i'd like to ask you about dublin look they've been so dominant the last couple of years what do you think can be done to stop them i know they're, they're after a few retirements which probably ha- will deplete their you know their attacking armor from the from the bench but been away from the Kerry set up now for you know for two years, nearly three years. What do you think can be done, or what do you think was lacking? You know, is that gap as wide as people make it out to be, or what's your general feeling around it? Yeah, no, I I don't think the gap is. I think the gap is narrowing. Uh, obviously, two thousand and eighteen, or sorry, seven or nineteen, <clears throat> it was gotten the, getting the draw on the first game. Obviously, they were down to fourteen, so there was still a gap. Like you know, they were able to not comfortably, but you know, get 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 a draw in that game where where they should have been beaten. Um, last year. It was obviously a disaster losing to Cork in, in the way we did. Um, I don't know, was it taking the eye off the ball or or, or just not respecting Cork and, and respecting the conditions that were there in Porky Cueve? But no, I, I do think it, it is Kerry that is is going to be the, the team that, that beat this Dublin team. Um, when that will happen, I, I think it's it, it could be this year um, all going well. Um, what do Kerry need to do? <laughs> keep doing what they're doing um like they're they're improving they i know last year was was just i suppose it was such a harsh learning lesson that uh that a lot of those a lot of them will take on board and learn from it um but yeah look dublin are dublin are they're not gonna they're there to be beat um carrier approaching it there they look like they're um, they're they are attack minded. I know that they, they're they're trying to be more solid at the back, but Dublin have a mean defence. Like and uh, not that they're trying to copy that, but you can't win in All Ireland without being very solid at the back. And after that, then we've we've obviously some very exciting forwards um, and a, and a, and a very good midfield. So. I don't think we're far away at all, Jimmy. I think it's I think it's closer than 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 ever, and it's just a case of getting a bit of look at the, of the way the the season pans out now. Um, 
But once we beat them, then Jimmy, we'll be we'll be on top of them for for a long time. We we'll, we we'll make sure that they that they don't um, that we don't let 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 go of it again because uh, this last five six years have been have been really tough for for Kerry people. Um, so once we get on top, we're we're we're, we're going to stay there then. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty close to to when to when the tides start turning in our direction again. The God, hope to God, it, it, uh, it was even tougher if you were living in Dublin as well, Kerry Parson in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, sure. We were next to, I'd say, Dublin's biggest fan. He, uh, the day we were moving in was around September um, of that 2018. And uh, yeah, sure, the place was decked out in, in Dublin. And as I was saying before, I told a lot of people, I was looking at their back garden and I thought it was like, um, I thought there was... Uh, a Holy Mary statue and that there was a bit of a, a grotto out the back, but it was actually uh, the Dublin crest that was, uh, that, that your man had made a bit of a kind of a sanctuary around it. And anyway, I thought it's been a tough few years next to him. And he, of course, when he was leaving, then he said, I'll oh, give us your number there. And every so often I get in one of those, um, a few texts about, how, about every time they win and about their all-stars and all this. So it's, uh, well, it's area. It's, 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 um, they enjoy it, I suppose. They they call it banter. We're we're being pestered by them now, as, as at this stage. But uh, it'll it'll tides will turn, and those messages will be uh, sent the other way, hopefully soon enough. Just uh, a few questions there. We got in from um, from people. Um, what's Donica's favorite East Seventeen song? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that would be. Um, Oh God! So the, every Christmas, remember E E seventeen had a, had a Christmas number one there. Stay another day, uh, couple, oh, back and myself and a few boys, basically a few girls in our national school did a nice choreographed dance, and they got into the, the school concert. So we said, "Those girls now, we better put them in their place." So we we said we dress up as E seventeen, do a song as well. Should we pick? Christmas number one which is like the slowest song you could do so uh, anyway we dressed up in our baggy jeans and our leather jackets that we stole off our fathers and uh, the teacher took one look at us and said not a hope is that going into the school concert so we were we were embarrassed ourselves in front of the whole school but uh, thankfully the whole parish weren't there as well but every year every December November even when that that song starts to play it's uh it just makes me cringe um, the thought of it, but um, I don't know. I'm blaming I'm blaming Francis Casey now or Clinton Griffin or Dan Sullivan for, for for even suggesting. I'd say Clinton Griffin probably was was the main culprit there for suggesting that song. <laughs> what was uh, Donica's uh, Stample dinner diet in College Road? College Road sure was. Uh, yeah, it was. Bread and butter and cheese is probably the the main thing. Uh, barn brack from the mother and uh, then spaghetti ball. I'd say you couldn't get a, a pot big enough now to to cook it because uh, it'd have to do all the neighbours as well, all the lads on the road. Um, so you'd want to be lifting a ton weight of spaghetti then to to, to cook it up as well. So um, uh, anything just load it up as much as as much as we could fit on the cooker, really. That was before Paddy O'Shea got, got his hands in the other. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, tips for young half forwards on how to play half forward. Um, yeah, like it's 
I suppose you have to be a bit of everything, unfortunately, really. But um, <clears throat> I suppose your 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 repeatability in in your your high speed running, it's uh, it's yeah. So you need to be able to cover your your kind of from your twenty one to your twenty one, um, almost like with a with a kind of a one is to one ratio of, of of running to rest. So whatever time you can make it from the, the 21 to the opposite 21, be able to repeat that 10 to 15 times and do whatever two to, two to three sets of it uh, from a running point of view. After that, then like you got to be able to catch, you got to be able to kick, you got to be able to tackle um, score as well. Like it's it's uh, it's a lot. But I suppose the one that yeah, you have to be very fit and, and that high speed running a marker is 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 an important one um but after that then if you can score as well i probably didn't do enough scoring in my in my in my career uh because if you're if you're scoring your um you're just a- adding that extra dimension to to your game and and your 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 player your wing back you want your wing back to have to stay tight to you that if he starts cheating off you then he's maybe covering off uh, an inside forward who who you want to isolate as much as possible. So, um, yeah, so those repeatable uh, runs, um, catching kickouts, you have to be a good option for kickouts and you have to be able to score as well. So those those three elements are probably the, the top three. How much distance you see covering an average game? I know we kind of touched on that already. Yeah, again, I, I, yeah, I... I don't know what it was it's um yeah to be honest i i didn't i know it's something but i don't know so you all right you want to you um one thing i was asked as well to, to to ask you were you did it ever get to you um naturally probably would have that you didn't or you weren't able to talk out for Cremon as much as you wanted to during your career yeah absolutely and that's um and like obviously it was it was kind of annoying last year when when the season was was disrupted but with covid but uh it's it's what well, i feel it's payback time now like you know that i can go back with the club and commit 100% to to it um so it it was annoying because you're some of the time there at the start of my intercounty career i was a sub so you're really stuck between two stools like you you're you're not getting any run at the uh, at the or you're not getting much game time with Kerry and you're after missing a whole match, a league match with, with Cremont. So it was frustrating during that time. And then when you start making the team, the county team, you're kind of, okay, it, it, it's it's accepted a bit more. But at least you're getting game time. But you can kind of be, I was stuck between two stools there for a while. But um, yeah, look, it's all it's all about, hopefully I'll be playing for Cremont for, for a good few years yet. Like um, it's, it's, brilliant to be able to commit 100% to to them now um and but it's just part and parcel unfortunately of of, of being a county player like you're you're it's it's an honor for for the club to have a representative on the county team and uh, it brings so much joy to to the local young fellas and and to teammates of mine and to the whole community so it's it's just one of those things that that's uh, that you've to live with were his running stats ever measured and how did they compare with other distances? You know? Yeah, again, I, I don't know. I, I 
never took any notice. They're probably they're probably in some emails that I would have gotten down through the years. But I suppose I used to look. I used to look at them all right and just say, okay, am I am I am I top of 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 the fellas in my position? And typically I was. Um, and yeah, that was kind of it. But um, eight, nine, ten, eleven kilometers, or okay. yeah, I, I again. But like, of course, it like your your high speed running is is kind of what I used to look at. Um, and that's obviously not jogging pace, uh, but I used to take it on myself, never jog in the field, like, you know, as in if you're moving somewhere, move with purpose, um, even if you know, to create space or whatever you're doing. So, um, my high speed running used to be highest, uh, 99% of the time of, of, of the, of, of the lads in McCary, um, but that was my game. That was my, I was trying to take the legs from like, or take the lungs from, from the fella that I was, that was marking me. So uh, if I wasn't doing that, then I wasn't, uh, I wasn't keeping to my own, my own secret method. Who's the fittest opponent you came up against or came up against you that, yeah, you know, you know, who's the hardest guy that you dealt with? Absolutely. James McCarthy was, was probably the fittest that, uh, that I've marked as in I found it the hard, hardest to, to, to lose him. Um, he just, again, yeah, he seemed to glide across the ground. Um, yeah. So he, he's, he's probably the, the fittest or, or someone who, who I would have uh, found the hardest to, to, to outrun. Yeah. And just, uh, it's not a question, but it's, uh, Eamon Sears, the great Eamon Sears there from Glenerville. Uh, give my regards a true gentleman. Eamon sound man yeah <laughs> but I met up with him in Dublin a few times alright so uh, uh, hopefully I'll meet up with him again uh, in around, down around Tralee and Glenavon sometime look on, uh, on that note Donic, I'll, I'll wrap it up um, GC I took you know I took enough of your time I, I really appreciate it for taking time out and coming on an Inside View podcast you're more than welcome Jamie I hope you all I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Dunica. Very, very interesting. I think we get a great insight into his career. So, yeah, look, that's all from us on this week's podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media. So, it's on Instagram, it's at underscore on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, it's on the ball team building. Over on Twitter, it's at we are on the ball two. That's a digit two. We're also on LinkedIn, on the ball team building. And we're on TikTok as well, on the ball team building. Uh, just a quick note we actually are running a competition this week so be sure to follow us on Instagram and you'll see how you might be in a chance to win it but there's a massive amount um, on offer with three prizes to give away and it'll definitely you know there's definitely something there for everyone so be sure to follow us on Instagram and see what this uh, massive competition is thanks again for the continued support and for listening to the podcast so please do Tune in again next week um, and until, until then have a lovely week and uh, please do stay safe. Remember, cred under the fan. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.